0: was awry. I did not wonder that such foreigners would not stay, for this was no region to sleep in. It was too much like a landscape of Salvatore Rosa, too much like some forbidden woodcut in a tale of terror. But even all this was not so bad as the blasted heath. I knew it the moment I came upon it at the bottom of a spacious valley, for no other name could fit such a thing or any other thing, fit such a name. It was as if the poet had coined the phrase from having seen this one particular region. It must, I thought, as I viewed it, be the outcome of a fire. But why had nothing ever grown over these five acres of grey desolation that sprawled open to the sky, like a great spot eaten by acid in the woods and fields? It lay largely to the north of the ancient road line but encroached a little on the other side. I felt an odd reluctance about approaching, and did so at last only because my business took me through and past it. There was no vegetation of any kind on that broad expanse, but only a fine grey dust or ash which no wind seemed ever to blow about. The trees near it were sickly and stunted, and many dead trunks stood or lay rotting at the rim. As I walked hurriedly by, I saw the tumbled bricks and stones of an old chimney and cellar on my right, and the yawning black moor of an abandoned well, whose stagnant vapours played strange tricks with the hues of the sunlight. Even the long dark woodland climb beyond seemed welcome in contrast, and I marvelled no more at the frightened whispers of the Arkham people. There had been no house or ruin near, even in the old days the place must have been lonely and remote and at twilight, dreading to repass that ominous spot, I walked circuitously back to the town by the curious road on the south. I vaguely wished some clouds would gather, for an odd timidity about the deep skyey voids above had crept into my soul. In the evening I asked old people in Arkham about the blasted heath, and what was meant by that phrase, strange days, which so many evasively muttered. I could not, however, get any good answers, except that all the mystery was much more recent than I had dreamed. It was not a matter of old legendary at all, but something within the lifetime of those who spoke. It had happened in the eighties, and a family had disappeared or was killed. Speakers would not be exact, and because they all told me to pay no attention to old Amy Pierce's crazy tales, I sought him out the next morning, having heard that he lived alone in the ancient tottering cottage where the trees first begin to get very thick. It was a fearsomely ancient place, and had begun to exude a faint miasmal odour which clings about houses that have stood too long. Only with persistent knocking could I rouse the aged man, and when he shuffled timidly to the door, could tell he was not glad to see me. He was not so feeble as I had expected, but his eyes drooped in a curious way, and his unkempt clothing and white beard made him seem very worn and dismal. Not knowing just how he could best be launched upon his tails, I feigned a matter of business, told him of my surveying, and asked vague questions about the district. He was far brighter and more educated than I had been led to think, and before I knew it, "'had grasped quite as much of the subject as any man I had talked with in Arkham. "'He was not like other rustics I had known in these sections where reservoirs were to be. "'From him there were no protests at the miles of old wood and farmland to be blotted out, "'though perhaps there would have been had not his home lain outside the bounds of the future lake. "'Relief was all that he showed.' relief at the doom of the dark ancient valleys through which he had roamed all his life. They were better under water now, better under water since the strange days. And with this opening his husky voice sank low, while his body leaned forward, and his right forefinger began to point shakily and impressively. It was then that I heard the story, and as the rambling voice scraped and whispered on, I shivered again and again in spite of the summer day. Often I had to recall the speaker from ramblings, piece out scientific points which he knew only by a fading parrot memory of Professor's talk, or bridge over gaps where his sense of logic and continuity broke